Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Even though marketing is fast-paced, we should always slow down to learn. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small-town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. There's a lot of weight in the words that we choose. Like anyone who grew up with siblings or who's ever had a tiff with a friend or their partner knows this to be true through and through. Words are powerful. They can cut. They can cause fear. They can tear down just as much as they can empower, uplift, and brighten someone's day. As someone who's obsessed with marketing and strategy, I've been deeply considering how much the words we choose play a part in the perception of our products, our goods, and our services, and the people behind them. What it comes down to is that marketing isn't just about having a great offer. It's the ability to position your offer in a way that makes it not only irresistible to the right clients and customers, those people who without a doubt need what it is you're selling, but also sells the value of what you've created in a way that clearly communicates its benefit and positions it correctly so that people know if it was created with them specifically in mind. Side note, but one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is that they spend 90% of their time creating that irresistible offer, but only 10% of their time figuring out how they are going to effectively market it. And I sincerely believe that if we flip the script on those numbers and focus more efforts on how you'll market that thing that you've been working so hard on, you'll yield far greater results. And even deeper, when you spend time on the marketing messaging behind that offer, you'll reach the exact people you created it for. How we position those offers and how we introduce them to the world is just as important as what it is we're selling. The words and messaging behind your brand shouldn't just be this afterthought. From the headlines on your website to the subject lines and emails to all other messages, your captions, your posts, your promotions, basically your words should be thoughtful, 
intentional and written to create results. There are a lot of factors to consider when it comes down to how you will share your stuff. Now, even the non-business related messaging within your brand can carry a lot of weight. For example, when I began sharing about our struggles with fertility and with back-to-back miscarriages a few years ago, I quickly learned that the words and the phrasing can make the utmost of difference, whether you're trying to help someone through grief or you're sharing your own grief journey. From learning how to talk about our losses without triggering others who had experienced a similar situation to explaining where we are at in our fertility journey, being mindful that our journey was ours and ours alone, the positioning and the messaging made a huge difference to me, both as someone who dealt with loss and someone who wanted to remove the stigma around talking about loss. Words and phrases and positioning are important, bottom line, and whether it's something personal you're sharing or a business-related message, the phrasing you choose has the potential to instill confidence in your audience or make them feel downright yucky, and we want to aim for the former as much as possible, right? So let's get into some marketing practices to portray the best messaging that not only supports your audience and encourages them to eventually click purchase with you, but that also positions your offers in a way that's confident, clear, and cuts through all the noise. Let's dive in. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Give your family the most meaningful gift this year and get started right away without the need for shipping. Go to storyworth.com slash gold digger to get $10 off your first purchase. Thank you to coupons.com for supporting Gold Digger. No clipping, no forgetting them at home. Just tap the offers on the coupons.com app and go shopping. Download the coupons.com app on your iPhone or Android today. Get groceries, get paid. My philosophy about copy is that it should always be a tool for honesty, integrity, and for encouragement. One of the biggest things when it comes to marketing is to always lead with honesty and integrity and to not make people feel like they will ultimately fail if they don't buy your product. It's not always about the perfect marketing formulas or the psychological triggers. While those can provide guidance and be helpful, you want your marketing to make people feel something. And trust me, they will remember the way you made them feel far longer than they'll remember the exact words you said. Too many marketers, they position their services and products from this fear or scarcity-based marketing approach rather than focusing on selling through empowerment. And a lot of marketers put so much pressure on the sale itself that they make people feel like if they don't purchase, they'll never succeed or they're bound to fail. Now, I personally believe that selling needs to be more of this invitation that gives people an opportunity to opt out without feeling entirely left out. It's ultimately their choice, and while it can be important to acknowledge the pain points, problems, or the challenges that someone might be facing that your product was created to help solve, you don't have to do it in a way that makes them feel desperate or called out in any way. The truth is, there are a lot of reasons someone may not choose to purchase your offer at any given time. It might simply not be the right offer or the right timing or the right place or the right price point, and that's okay. It's not your job to convince people to buy. It's your job to sell and extend that invitation to the people who are ready to take that next step. So let's dive on into some of the tactical ways that you can ensure that your messaging is reaching the right people without alienating those who are not quite ready to invest in your offer. 
Let's start with how we position the offer and lean on intentional messaging first. Anytime we're drafting up a sales page or cementing the wording around a new offer, we consider a few things when it comes to our messaging. One, what is the end result for someone who purchases? Is our offer worded in a way that demonstrates a clear solution to a potential problem or problems? Two, is it clear who this product has the potential to support and serve? Have we helped the potential purchaser qualify themselves as a good fit? Three, does our language provide clarity around simplifying or streamlining something? Is it clear exactly how our product will integrate into someone else's life? Four, will the way that we sell allow people to feel empowered to purchase versus feeling pressured to purchase? And five, does the messaging directly show that while this product may solve specific problems, it's an invitation for potential buyers to opt in, not a push that makes them feel like they simply don't have a choice? These five questions are our guiding light when it comes to our marketing strategy and the way that we sell. Over the years, we've honed in on how important those five pillars are and how they help us clarify our copy. If you want to visit this list again, head to today's show notes at jennacutcherblog.com slash marketing words. That's jennacutcherblog.com slash marketing words. Now, if you know me, you know that in the past I've struggled with selling, like I've shied away from it. I've admitted that selling wasn't my favorite thing, and I've had to overcome some major mindset shifts in order to confidently sell. If you're like me and you feel a little weird proclaiming how great your product is, then listen up. On the entirely adverse side of being too brazen in the way you sell, another major mistake I see often made in the online space is people apologizing for or defending their business decisions due to lack of confidence or insecurity in the selling process. If you want to focus on improving one thing only in your messaging, try to focus on communicating clearly who your offer is for and what the end result is for that purchaser instead of trying to justify or defend your products, your pricing, or your processes. The best messaging is clear messaging. In fact, Brene Brown, our favorite, even says so with her statement, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. When you constantly feel this need to back up why you do what you do or why you price things a certain way, it basically shows your own lack of confidence in your offer, which translates to your potential buyers also feeling a lack of confidence in purchasing. Stand firm in your business decisions and offers and make sure they're as direct and as clear as possible for anyone to understand. Since we've talked about the approach to take in your marketing, let's now dive into and talk about the words and phrases to avoid in your marketing materials. Now, let's be honest, certain words are just massive turnoffs when it comes to being a consumer. Like they're basically these buttons to immediately push away ideal clients by coming across as inauthentic or wishy-washy or downright aggressive. Now, I don't want to say that we've never, ever used any of these because like anything I do, I believe there are exceptions and certain occasions where they may be fitting. Basically stated, this is a disclaimer that sometimes I myself, just like you, can be a walking contradiction as we learn and grow and evolve. And so in my sharing this, it's basically like this major blinking light for us to audit our own selling approach and ensure that we're living up to the standards that we've set. In general, when you're pitching someone, whether it's in person, via email, on a sales page, or even in your social media captions, these are the words to avoid if you want people to feel seen, heard, and understood. First up, the word just. 
Can I just say this one is super hard for me? I mean, truly, it's such a crutch that so many of us use as a filler or a softener in sentences. But psychologically, the word just has this power to weaken pretty much any statement. Consider saying, I'd like 20 minutes of your time to discuss my proposal, rather than saying, I'd like just 20 minutes of your time to see how much more confident and powerful that sounds. Same goes for when you're describing people who may be your ideal client. You'd never want to say, I was just a photographer. It belittles the people out there who are working their butts off and makes them feel less than. The next no-no word is similar. It's the word only. It's another one that downplays and cheapens what you're really trying to say. Think about if someone tells you it only costs $50 rather than it costs $50. The only adds an air of trying hard to convince someone of something and it implies that you understand what something means to someone. The truth is you want people to be able to apply what value looks like on their own terms without implying something that may not be true for them. Drop the word only when it comes to marketing. Next up, avoid starting sentences with I feel like. I feel like you're going to love this product or I feel like you need this sort of system in your business. I'm going to be straight up honest here. This is another toughie for me. And it seems as though many millennials use I feel like as a way to express our opinions or offer advice without coming across as demanding or inflexible. I literally used to have to audit myself on this specifically in the way that I would write and just take out those quote feeler references to make my writing more to the point and poignant. It's fine and great to use when you're expressing actual feelings, but when it comes to marketing or selling, keep the I feel like remarks out. When you use it in front of a fact or some kind of powerful marketing statement, it can take away from the weight of the message by turning it into a feeling rather than an accurate standalone statement. Another phrase to avoid is hurry up. Like, for example, hurry up and get yours today before it's too late. Now, it's no secret. I'm a lover of urgency marketing techniques and providing scarcity is a proven marketing strategy. Hurry up is just a pushy way to rush someone into a buying decision that they're likely not ready to make. I don't like being told to hurry up. I didn't like it when I was in the school line as a kid, and I sure as heck don't like being told it as an adult consumer, investing my time and money into products. Who has a family member with one of those mini file folders filled with coupons that they pull out at the grocery store? If you're like, wait, that's me. I'm the couponer in the family. Then you need to try the coupons.com app. Download the app right now for iPhone or Android and start activating cashback offers that can be redeemed almost anywhere. Yes, even Target. I know you love Target. You just tap on the offer to activate it, go shopping and submit your receipt in the app. If you're getting your groceries delivered right now, you can even redeem the offers for that too. I really appreciate that there's no waiting for a minimum payout either. I activated a cashback offer for some laundry detergent and a bag of dog treats for the pups. That's when I got back from the store. I just scanned the receipt and now I've got $2 coming back to my PayPal account. Download the coupons.com app to your iPhone or Android today. It is completely free and totally easy. Again, download the coupons.com app today on the Apple app store or Google play, get groceries, get paid. Although the holidays will look different this year, what hasn't changed is this desire to be close with those we love, to share stories and smiles and laughs, even from afar. 
StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions you've never thought to ask, like what's a small decision you made that ended up having a big impact on your life? And what's the best advice your mother ever gave you? I gifted StoryWorth to my mother-in-law last year, and it was so special reading her responses. I learned all about her first home growing up as a child and the memories she made in that two-bedroom ranch. After one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped to you for free. My family will treasure this book forever. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash gold digger. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash gold digger for $10 off. Next up, steer clear of starting sentences with the words honestly, truthfully, or frankly. While we like to lean on these words as lead-ins and copy, these words can make it sound as though what we've been saying prior to hasn't been honest or truthful. If you're honest in all of your messaging, there's no need to call it out by saying honestly. But this is another one that I know is tough and it's used all the time, likely more as this filler than anything else. Just try to get a little more creative with how you're leading off your sentences and realize that while you might not intend to imply something, using the words honestly, truthfully, or frankly can send the wrong message or invoke doubt in the consumer's mind. I also prefer to not use the word obviously in any kind of marketing materials because a lot of things that seem obvious to me or you likely aren't obvious to everyone in the world. You don't want to assume anything about your potential client, and you sure as heck don't want to belittle them or make them feel like they aren't comprehending something they should be. Using the word obviously can just come across as unintentionally rude and presumptuous. Nothing in business is obvious for everyone, especially when you're trying to get people new to you or your offers and ideas to trust you as this guide and someone who communicates thoughtfully and well. Lastly, avoid using negatives like don't and uncertainties like the words maybe, perhaps, or hope. First, when you say not to do something, it makes some people even more set in their desire to do it. So avoid negative commands like don't do this or that. It's like when you're at the doctor's office and they tell you not to move and suddenly you're just overcome with this desire that you have to move like I cannot be the only one. You want to get people saying yes on your page, not no. So pose your questions and copy in a way that gets someone nodding along to what you're saying, not shaking their head. And when you say something like, perhaps this could solve your problem, or I hope this solves your problem, again, you aren't confidently communicating your own resolve that your offer is the thing that will solve the problem. These words can create uncertainty in your potential clients and definitely don't reaffirm their confidence in you. Woo, that was a lot, right? Now, I hope that in just reviewing some of the language no-nos, it allows you to audit your copy and craft your sales copy with confidence. Now, trust me, I'm not just going to leave you hanging and wondering, okay, great. So what can I say? Let's just go over some ideas. If you're wondering how to position yourself, your offer, and your business in a positive light that lifts up your potential customers, here are a few really easy language swaps that you can use for stronger messaging. Instead of saying the word problem, use the word challenge. Use the word valuable instead of cheap or even affordable. Exchange the word pitch for presentation or training. 
Use perfect dream or ideal clients instead of saying prospects. Use the words invest or own instead of buy or purchase. When talking about money, use the phrase total investment instead of price or cost. Lastly, phrase it areas of concern instead of objections. Anytime you can invite people to confidently opt in and make a decision on their own, that is the best move. You don't need to overqualify them or push them. All you need to do is lay out exactly how your offer can benefit someone with your clear and direct messaging using the principles you learned in today's episode. No apologies, no shying away. And here's the thing. When you're in doubt, remember that above all else, as humans, we connect with stories more than a slick call to action or witty headline. When you're struggling to sell, lean on sharing stories that will paint the possibility for your dream clients. For those who, like me, struggle with selling or coming across as pushy or salesy, you may find yourself softening your offers with some of the words that we've discussed. Instead, look for opportunities to weave in storytelling and low-pressure invitations for your audience that will demonstrate your expertise, your product's effectiveness, and how you understand your audience's perspective. What is your why? What made you start? What have you been able to do with your business? Who have you been able to impact? What have you learned? What fires have you walked through? What transformation have you or your clients experienced? These are the stories to weave throughout your marketing content and your copy, rinse and repeat. While paying attention to your verbiage and your marketing diction can be powerful, storytelling is the most effective way to actually get across to the right people and to connect with those who need to understand your message and your offers. Finally, be sure to hold space for and respect those who are different than you. Through my walk in intentionally learning and unlearning about racial and cultural biases this year, I realized that there are certain words and phrases that are simply never appropriate for me to use as a white American woman. For example, using different races emojis, calling something a spirit animal, referring to girlfriends as sis, or even using phrases like building something on borrowed land, which is how I used to refer to building a business on social media instead of email lists. These can all be misconstrued and labeled not only as insensitive, but also as cultural appropriation. Now, it's easy to mess up. I'm learning more about this every day, especially in this Instagram and Kardashian world. So many phrases burst onto the scene and get super popular super quickly without broader context or without even acknowledging that they may either come from a totally different background or race or even offend a different culture than yours. Let's be slow to jump onto the fun and new slang bandwagon and instead consider the weight of our words and whether it's respectful for us to be the ones using them. You never want your marketing to intentionally leave anyone out or worse, to offend someone else. And it's so important to do your research and understand how your language can be inclusive without being offensive. Now more than ever, we need to be sensitive and inclusive in how we position ourselves and our brands, and we want to be an open door to all kinds of people with all kinds of backgrounds. I've learned that misusing phrases and words from other cultures and races is considered a microaggression towards marginalized groups of people, no matter if that's the farthest thing from your intention. I'm still walking through learning and understanding what's not mine to say and claim, and I'd encourage you to explore these types of language choices in your marketing materials and in your day-to-day conversations as well. Even though marketing is fast-paced, we should always slow down to learn. 
Now, I know I'm not alone when I say that choosing our words carefully can easily become overwhelming in so many ways. Like it's this heavy responsibility and sometimes it can feel like there is no right way to say what you need to say. That's why I've made it my commitment to always fall back on clear, honest, and empowering communication in any and every way that I can and to not make my overwhelm become my consumer's burden. I want my community to feel welcome. I want them to feel empowered in their next steps and decisions. I want them to know that I believe in them and that while they may be facing hiccups or stagnancy or confusion or challenges, that they are capable of getting through it, whether that's with the help of my paid products and resources or not. That's the core of my business and how I am. And I wanted to show up in everything that we put out there for my audience to consume. I urge you to take a step back to find your own cornerstone of messaging and to build everything around it. Tell stories, share transformations, communicate clearly. You'd much rather have empowered and confident purchasers than have people who bought because they felt pressured into the sale. Trust me, it'll get you a whole lot farther than any fear-based techniques or scarcity messaging strategies. I can promise you on that. There's plenty of goodness to go around for everyone, and your messaging has the opportunity to spread that notion in abundance. What an absolute honor, right? Let's treat it like one and keep sharing the good that you're creating for the world in a way that communicates just how awesome you and your creations are. Gold Diggers, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for Gold Diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 